is this happening to you know I mean he's asking questions but he always comes back and and ends up but you O oh Lord are my rock my fortress my you know my solitude you're the one that I go to even if no one else you know so God's not afraid of our questions uh, the problem comes when we scoff uh, or reject or uh, without understanding or wanting to understand that God still works and does things that sometimes we don't understand. And so when we don't understand something, uh, we tend to get puffed up and proud and like, I'm not into that, I, I'm not going to do all that. Um, sin, questions is not the issue. Pride is the issue. It always comes down to pride. And the problems here is, is seen in the statements that they made. Is, isn't he just one of us? Isn't it, it, it like his family's here? He's isn't he one of the kids that belongs to Mary? And the, he's the carpenter, you know. He's they're they're condescending about that. In other words, they're kind of like, who does he think he is? You know. Uh, instead of they were amazed at his teachings, but then immediately flip and go, wait a minute, who's this guy think he is? He thinks he's better than us, or you know, he's he's no different than the rest of us, whatever. And in Proverbs four and twenty three, probably one of the first scriptures I ever learned as a young Christian, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is out of it come, flows the very wellspring of life. Pride is the sin that caused Satan to be driven out of the presence of God, and pride will cause the same to happen in our lives, and we have to guard it. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, this is the um, New Living Translation, says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is really genuine. And, and I don't think it, that in that translation... You know, the King James says, see whether or not you be in the faith. And, and, and he's saying here, is it really genuine? And I think that it can actually go, in my mind, it can, if we lose the wonderment, we lose the amazement, we lose all of that, that we can go from genuine to less than genuine. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm not saying counterfeit, but less than genuine. Uh, in Luke's gospel, he talks about um, that the day will come and, and um, people will say, Lord, we, we, we ate with you, we supped with you, we, we, we followed you, we, we did. And he said, I never knew you because their faith was, le was less than genuine. Um, he says, so he says, examine to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. If you cannot tell, I love the way he says this, is if you cannot tell that Jesus Christ is among you, it means you've failed the test. Um, he was right among, he was in the midst of his hometown, in the synagogue with his people, and yet they couldn't, they couldn't see, they couldn't recognize what, what was, what, who he was and right there. The third, the third pitfall deals with our attitude. Our attitude. Their attitude towards him caused them to reject him. And the last part of verse 3 says this, and they took offense at him, took offense at him. The word offense in, in this case means to be offended and repelled to the point of abandonment. 
They, they were so put off. They were so offended uh, by, and it was their pride that was doing it. It wasn't, it, Jesus, did, Jesus didn't come lording over them. In fact, he taught just the opposite. He, he was just saying, you know, I'm here to represent the Father. I'm here to t show you the love of the Father. And, and, but they were offended by it. It says, and they took offense at him. So by their own words, they admitted his wisdom and miracles. And the obstacle to their seeing God's working in their midst was not the stories or their questions. The obstacle was in their own heart. Their hearts were cold and their attitudes were hardened. Um, the word heart in Hebrew d deals with the mind and the intellect and the emotions. Um, and, and it's the inner man that the Bible refers to as the inner man. It's the soul. It's the soul realm of who we are. We are a triune being. We're spirit, soul, and body. We are created in the image of a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so um, uh, the, the word heart here means the the inner man. It refers to this. And, and a, a lot of times, it's maybe it's not our mind. Maybe it's our will, area, our area of choice. Maybe it's our emotions, how we're feeling. Too many Christians are are run by their feelings. And, and the whole world's run by their feelings. Um, the inner man is the control tower. It's the center of our knowledge of God. And, and the enemy would tell you that you are nothing to expect God to work in your life. You're nothing to expect God to come on a Wednesday night and do something. You're, what, why would God do that? He would try and tell you that God only touches certain people. God only, um, he, he favors certain people or certain situations or certain circumstances. He would try and tell us that, that these kinds of things always happen to others. They never happen to us. And, and I found myself this morning praying just the opposite of that. I was saying, God, I pray for divine intervention, divine appointments in the lives of the people here at Life Church in, in ways that they're not expecting it. And when it comes, that their arms are wide open to receive it. That they're not putting it off. They're not questioning it. They're not, no, God, when you do it, they're going to be wide open to receiving it. Um, and so the result in this situation was that they completely rejected him. So they start off talking about where does this guy get all this wisdom? Where does he, where does he learn all of this? And then they just turn around and flip the whole thing to where they're, they're not going to get anything out. They're not receiving anything out of it. Because you can't reject a portion of Jesus Christ. You can't just reject a part of the working of the Holy Spirit. And if you do, then you become cynical against God and against the church and against people and, and everything else. And we have to be on guard that we don't become hard hearted and hard-minded and cynical and critical. We have to be on guard against that. Um, 
that that when we see God working in someone else's life, that we literally are filled with joy for them. Filled with joy for them. I mean, you know, if it never happens to me, it doesn't matter. It happened for them. I want to rejoice over that. I, want to, I don't want it to be fakey or put on. I want to be just genuinely so excited for them what God did. Oh, I, 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 I'm probably not explaining this very well, but this is, this is where my heart is right now. The fourth pitfall is the rejection of friends and family. The, the rejection of friends and family. Uh, look at verse 4. It says, Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. Boy, Jesus just nailed them, didn't he? I mean, he, he didn't pull any punches. He didn't say, well, you know, sometimes prophets aren't accepted. Uh, he just said, only in his home. In other words, every other town that I go to, I am welcomed. Every other town that I go to, the people are open to me. The, every other town I go to, I'm able to do these things. But only in your own hometown and among his own relatives is a prophet without honor. Wow. Talk about nail them to the wall. But they had, they, they had already revealed their heart. And uh, when you go after God without regard to what your friends or family think, but rather you're more concerned about what God thinks, you will suffer rejection. You just have to understand it's going to happen at some level. I'm not saying it has to be, but it, it just does. There's just some who are going to say, I'm fine for you. Leave me out of it. Don't go there. And you have to just turn them over to God and pray for them and let God work on them. Don't try and play God. Don't try and play Holy Ghost on them. I mean, if you can sow a seed, sow a seed. If you can plant a seed, you know, and if they go, okay, you know, that's enough. And you go, okay, that's fine. But, and then you say, Lord, take that which was sown and begin working on them. Um, there are those that would tell you and me that the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't cost anything. But... I, but yes, salvation is free and it's paid in full by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and sealed by his resurrection out of the tomb. The gospel is free, but it demands everything. And, and I think that the, the gospel that's been preached in the last 25, 35 years has been a half-hearted, non-committal gospel. Because we have said that basically Jesus is a get out of hell free card. And you can pray a little prayer, go about and do your own thing. And that's not the truth. And Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age Homes, he goes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions. Wait a minute, I didn't give up persecutions. No, you gave up those things to follow Christ. He says, you're going to receive those things back in his life. But persecutions come with it. And it says, and in the age to come, eternal life. So we have to realize that 
that uh, the pitfall we have to be careful of is that nobody likes rejection. If you wake up in the morning and go, boy, I hope everybody hates me and rejects me today, you need counseling. You really do. You need, you need to get saved. You need to be loved by Jesus. But you just have to understand not everyone's going to accept you because of your position and stand for God. And then the last pitfall out of these verses of Scripture is simply apathy. Our apathy for God grieves him. It grieves him. Look in verse 5. We read it earlier. He said, he could, do, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. This is what we need to understand. That in that moment, Jesus was not stripped of his power. To, and neither is he today. But the climate of cold, hard hearts caused him to choose not to work. He said he could not do anything because of their hard-heartedness. They, they, grieved the, how they grieved the Lord. Um, why was he, in fact, look at verse 6. It says this, and he was amazed at their unbelief. That word amazed in this condition thing is, is he was grieved at their unbelief. It's, he, you know, we think amazed in a, oh, I was so amazed, you know. But he was amazed, he was grieved at their unbelief. Why was he grieved? Because he, he desired to do more. He desired to do more. And Jesus is still amazed at the response of people who claim to follow him. He's still amazed by the response of, of his church because he desires to do more. You know, when, we, he, when we put a lid on, on it, he, that's it. Uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, actually. I don't remember where, how, how I came across it, but I saw a video and um, I forgot what, what type of fleas these were. There were, was a jar full of fleas that they, they took a whole bunch of fleas they had captured, threw them in a big glass jar and put the lid on. And they left them in there. And of course, it, um, and the fleas were bouncing. Has anybody ever had a house infected with fleas? Oh yeah, my wife, my wife and I, in our early part of our marriage, we came home from work one day and we were in bed, and because uh, we worked the night shift, and and um, all of a sudden we started scratching and screaming, and this old wood house that we were renting that was up off the ground there in Alabama, fleas had gotten underneath there and infested the whole neighborhood, and we had literally thousands of fleas in our house and and it was a nightmare that's all i can say yeah yeah and yeah that's right yeah you would i was like burn the house down but it wasn't my house you know and um uh but anyway what i saw was they they put these fleas in this jar and they put the lid on and so the fleas bounced they videoed it for three days, three solid days, and they bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced, bounced, trying to get it out of the jar. 
And after three days, they took the lid off and the fleas never went higher than, than they could go before when the lid was on. They'd been trained just to go that far. And they left the lid off and, and videoed them for another 24 hours and not one flea left the jar. When I saw that, I said, oh, wow. I said, God, do we put the lid on you? And we say, jump, 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 jump. Yes, God, do this, do this, do this, do this. But God's got the lid off, but we're just, we're content with right where we're at. Because that's comfortable. I started to show that video, but I, didn't, I figured I'd just tell you the story. You didn't have to see it, but it, it, was, it was amazing. Three days and hundreds and hundreds of fleas in that jar never went out because they got tired of hitting their head against the roof and they just, they got trained. And I think that, that, that we do that to ourselves sometimes because if we lose the wonderment, we lose the amazement, we, we lose our love, we, we grow cold, we, our expectations are turned down, oh, just a combination of all those things. It's just kind of like hitting a roof and then, you know, nothing. And, and yet we say, Lord, we want more. We have to get back to the basics because Jesus still wants to do more. I'll close with this scripture in Ephesians 3 and 20. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, say exceedingly, exceedingly. abundantly, say abundantly. <laughs> above, say above. above. All that we ask or think, and I put in parentheses, more. And I've, I've told young believers this for years, it says he can do above and beyond all that we could ask or think. So ask big, think big. Because he can do more. When we just think little and we, we ask little, then we shouldn't be dis disappointed when we get little. He can do so much more. He says, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. His power that works in us. So, who wants more? We've got to avoid the pitfalls and, and just come with expectation. Come with a heart of expectation, a mind of expectation. I want us to just take a few moments right now and let's just pray. And ask God to look in our hearts. Where, where, where are we at? Where, where are you at right now? Look in your heart. God, have I put a lid on you? Have I... Have I done like those that in your own hometown. God, sometimes we see somebody new come in and they're excited and thrilled and overjoyed for you and we look at them and go, oh, they'll get over that one day. God, I pray that they never get over that. If anything, Lord, let us get back to that place where the wonder and amazement of who you are 
and what you do and still do and want to do. God forbid that we ever come together and have the attitude like, I don't expect anything to happen tonight. I don't expect to hear anything that will change my life tonight. I don't expect someone to be used of the Lord tonight. I don't expect for God to heal anyone tonight. I don't expect anyone to be delivered tonight. I don't expect anyone to be changed or saved or radically. God, let's take that mindset away and let's just remove the lid and say, God, we just want more of you. We want more of you, Lord. We want more of you. Think of that song. Justin, what song is it? Is um, I am amazed by you. Is that? The... Yeah. Amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Can we sing that again? Just come on. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Oh, yes, Lord. God, that's our heart's desire. Rather than wake up in the morning and say, well, it's another day of work. Lord, let us wake up with a sense of amazement and wonderment. That God, this is another day you put breath in our lungs for purpose. There's a reason for our being today. Yes, Lord, you can use us in the simplest of ways to touch someone and see life's, life be changed by it. We praise you, Lord God. We are amazed by you. Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray for friends that we know that once lived amazed by you, but their hearts have grown cold. We just pray, Lord God, that you would remind them of those times that awaken Lord God within them Lord I've been praying all this time for Christmas awakenings an awakening in the season of Christmas to the reality of who you are Christ Jesus and I just pray this for those who are 
once sang your songs and sang your praise and worshiped you in genuine faith whose heart and life has grown cold towards you. Draw them back, Lord. Draw them back, Lord. Draw them back. Let the love of your spirit, Lord God, draw them back. Your very presence, draw them back. With no condemnation, but simply the love and compassion for them, draw them back. And then, Father, I just pray that this Sunday, the message that our children will be sharing, that God, the Bible says in the last days, you will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. You'll turn hearts of parents to children, Lord God. I pray that the message that they share will be received as more than just a children's program, but the simplicity of it. Jesus, you said, unless you come as a, with faith like a child, we can't see the kingdom of God. We can't receive it, Lord. I just pray that this Sunday, eyes would be open to the very truth that will be conveyed through our children and lives will be touched. For the glory of your name, we pray. Amen. 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 That's it, folks. God bless you. If you can stay and help us, that's great. If you can't, we understand. Hallelujah.